T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We got eight in the shot there. Uh, Dan, are fans flying to Fort Myers in droves this week? Because judging by that shot, the answer would be no. They're not coming to these workouts. I mean, I've, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, there's just, there's nobody there. There used to be an issue with parking. John knows this. And, you know, where can we park and stay off this space here? You could park on the mound now. I mean, there's, you know, it's it's open season down there. Uh, no fans. This is school vacation week, as you all know, back in New England, in Massachusetts anyway. And the notion that, that people aren't coming out to the ballpark, that should tell them something, too. There's just... And part of this is not having stars and it's not having players that the fans can identify with. And that's what you get when you have this payroll flexibility and a roster you turn around every year. Dan Shaughnessy last night on NBC Sports Boston. Final hour, Jones and Mego with Arkan. We're here till 6, taking your phone calls, 617-779-7937. You can drive right up on the map. I mean, no one's at these workouts, which I think mirrors how people feel about the team here in Boston. Like, Shaughnessy's being asked about Fort Myers, and they had the screen grab last night on TV. It was Phil Perry asking the question. John Tomasi was there as well. And there's they count the fans. They do the little, like, counter right on the screen. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight fans on a chain-link fence where that used to be rows deep and elbow to elbow shoulder to shoulder and it's the same way people feel here in the city like no one is embracing the team or very few anyway are embracing the team and it feels like that's starting to bother ownership it's starting to bother the owner john henry who i don't know reached out to a couple outlets or they reached out to him i don't know how this whole process works although you might even hear uh rob bradford in his back and forth with sam kennedy coming up saying that, yeah, I mean, Bradford has been trying to reach out to John Henry, who no longer makes himself available at the beginning of spring training, like he did in the past. So now he does some email exchanges here and there. And the two big takeaways for me in these emails that speak to his sensitivity, and that's that's what I have an interest in. Like all the other stuff about Bogarts and High and Bloom and all these, they're all relevant. But he's sensitive to all of this. The booing at Winter Weekend, Jen McCaffrey asks about. John Henry calls it a false narrative surrounding the club. False flag. False flag. It took hold in 2022. There were even false reports of booing at Fenway during the Winter Classic, which which happened. I mean, whether he got booed or not, he got heckled by fans. I we mean, that, heard the audio. That absolutely happened, John. I think those factors and losing... They were San- saying looch! <laughs> losing to San Diego were the biggest factors. Those are the fans you would believe are the least likely to shout us down, but it happened. 
Did anyone report the standing ovation at the end? So this, again, speaks to the sensitivity. Now it's not just delusional. Now it's sensitive. It's like, well, no one talked about the standing ovation we got at the end. How come no one's talking about that? Because you got your ass booed all weekend. You and Hyam Bloom and Tom Werner and everybody else outside of Alex Cora got booed all weekend. So maybe that's why we ignored the standing ovation. The boos outweighed the cheers. And, of course, everybody cheered at the end. They're probably happy they could go home. I also like this one. Jen McCaffrey asked him about the Red Sox spending, and they're still top 10 in spending, which, wow, congratulations. You're top 10 in spending. You're the Red Sox. You better be top 10 in spending. The Yankees, Padres, Dodgers, and Mets are all teams she singled out individually. And John goes, if you add the championships together to those four clubs, I'm not sure they'd match our total over the last 20 years. Like, oh, what do they, what do they know? And I just, I reject that. And that also feels very sensitive. Well, look at what they're doing. Don't look at what we're doing. Look at what they're doing. You have won four championships in 20 years. You've won one in the last decade, just about. Going back to 2013, you've won one, 2018. And all the players are gone from that. You've had four last place finishes in that time. You've had five years where you missed the playoffs. So, yeah, you did used to win. You know how you used to win? You used to win by spending like the Mets and the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Padres. And I bet those teams are going to win before you do again, unless you change and go back to what works in baseball, which is spending and spending way at the top, not just in the top 10, way at the top, way into luxury tax territory, not dipping your pinky toe into it. Then all those teams are going to beat you to winning again. And oh, by the way, it's been one title in the last nine years with a bunch of last place finishes. So stop patting yourself on the back all that much and stop being so sensitive and defensive about all of it the fans have a point and the lack of transparency uh, transparency i think works against him here i think it does absolutely and i i don't want to gloss over the fact that this is email interviews that he gave to jed mccaffrey and sean mcadams from uh boston sports journal so he was able to see the questions ahead of time sit down and carefully craft these god-awful responses he could have taken hours or days or really bad answers I mean, the one that jumped out to me was uh, Jen asked, what, if anything, do you think you could have done differently in the negotiations with Xander Bogarts? And he replied with an exclamation point, we could have offered 12 years. <laughs> talk about a false narrative. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth there. No. You can't say, well, everybody wants to say this one thing and then sit there and freaking lie to the fans. You lowballed him. You offered him four years, $90 million, and then you act like out of nowhere he decided after the season he wanted to go into free agency and get 12 years. Like You acted like nothing happened in between, that he wasn't begging you to talk to his agent right. after he said, I'm not going to focus on this during the season, then pivoting midseason and being like, oh, my God, please just get it's just, please just get a deal done. It's that whole thing that, that I know I pushed back and many did on at the time. It's like, well, yeah, the money for Xander got crazy. It never had to get there if you just no. gave him a fair deal in the first and place. And I'm not even saying that the first lowball offer, like you screwed yourself there, was a bad move, but he still wanted to work with you. He still wanted to negotiate something, and you couldn't do it. So don't sit there and type out this flippant answer of, uh, we could have given him 12 years if we were crazy like everybody else. But we're not. We're, we're that's, responsible. That's a false narrative. And it pisses me off because he he 
repeats a lot of these answers because he's sitting down and crafting them. And I'm sure he has some messaging strategy. Whoever vetted this messaging strategy needs to be brought back into the room and and sit down with some kind of crisis manager. Because here's another thing he says. He says... um, of other clubs, they have all had down years or periods, and we had a disappointing 2022 after a strong 2021. Again, I think there's a narrative at work that doesn't match up well with the facts. However, if you're asking if we are now going to move to a $300 million payroll, the answer is no. Okay, you picked out two years. How about the two years before 2021? Mm-hmm. How did that look? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we're going to be cheering, last picking, place finish and a third place finish coming off a World Series. Yeah. Like, which one is actually seems like the outlier here? Not great. The one where you scratched your way, you barely got into the postseason, and you're holding that up as the successful one? That's the one that you that you think is more so the look, common denominator, not the outlier? And I just think when, obviously, when he's an email uh, or, or dealing in emails, there's no opportunity to follow up or push back or anything like that. It's just, here are all the questions. They're all answered. It's not ideal. I'll take it over him completely ducking the media, but it's not enough from John Henry. What I really didn't care for either was uh, Sean McAdam. The first two questions McAdam asked him was policy related. Like, as a matter of policy, do you draw a line in the sand when it comes to re-signing big names? Those in search of long-term deals, 10 to 12 years, is that accurate? John Henry, no. No. Uh, Do the Red Sox, as a matter of policy, abstain from bidding on players seeking terms, taking them to their 30s and early 40s? John Henry, no. So basically what he's saying here is, no, we don't have policies like that. We looked at Xander Bogarts and we looked at Mookie Betts and decided, you know what, we're all, we're all set. We don't, want we don't need these guys. We, we're not going to commit ourselves to re-signing them. We don't have some policy against signing guys like this. Look at this. We signed Devers, so we'll spend money. We just didn't want to spend it on them. Like, that's a worse answer. That, I think, is like the worst, the whole, one of the worst things you can say. The <laughs> like, whole thing, the whole thing yeah. is, is not ideal and dysfunctional and... Rob Bradford, who was in for us yesterday. We were off yesterday. Hey, it's Rob Bradford. Baseball season is here. Rob Bradford had Sam Kennedy on from down in Fort Myers, and we can can stop him midway through here, but I want to just hear the beginning of this because Bradford did a good job of asking Sam Kennedy about the accountability or lack thereof from ownership. It's about the players and putting the players in the best spot to be successful. It's not about us. It's about the Red Sox. It's about the ballpark. Guess what? The Red Sox are going to be here long after we're gone. Uh, so our job is to continue to invest into this team, into the ballpark, into the community. That's what we're going to keep doing. Uh, John, Tom, they are accessible. They're accessible in different Via ways. Email. Maybe it's email. Maybe it's phone calls. Maybe it's interaction. I don't know. Um, Dan, I saw over, Dan Roach. I saw over, Dan Roach over three. I saw Dan Roach get an exclusive <laughs> interview today. So I don't know. I'm just saying. Oh, really? you know, maybe, maybe, well, maybe, I mean, maybe different outlets need to work a little bit harder. I don't know. Ouch! Oh, ouch! So, so I'd clip it there. And Bradford, you know, asked a long follow up, and you know, Kennedy basically remains defensive of ownership as he's going to be. They're not accountable. Like, who are we kidding? They're How? not. Account- they're not accountable. And. It sounds to me, and Bradford didn't go into detail there, it sounds to me when he says 0 for 3 that he tried to do all these different things, but John Henry just picks and chooses where he wants to talk and who he wants to talk to. Who's that guy that likes truck day? I'll talk to him. Right, and like, yeah, wow, like Rochi. So like, wow, okay, I guess he's talking to everybody then. So when it comes to this, do fans care? Does Sam Kennedy have a point? Maybe you don't care. 617-779-7937. I think fans do, at least when things are going poorly. When they're winning, maybe you don't need to hear from ownership. When they're going poorly coming off a last place finish, 
and you let one of the faces of the franchise go and you had a disappointing offseason, my guess is most fans want to hear from the owner, but maybe I'm wrong about no, that. No, I'm not sure that every single Red Sox fan could really cares that much at every single day about whether ownership is not every day. talking or not. In fact, I think they care about the players. They do. Not every day they don't yeah, care. Yeah, they care when the, the player leaves town to go to San Diego. Don't resign. Right. That's who the fans No, care but about. seriously, I, I'm wondering if fans also feel like when they hear these answers from John Henry and Sam Kennedy, very much to his credit, he's always available. It's his job yep. to talk on behalf of the team. So he's always out there. Yeah. But when they hear these comments, do they feel like that accurately reflects how they feel? That they're, that they're going to winter weekend. Diehard fans who love the team, who grew up with the team, whose parents and grandparents love the team. They're going there and booing John Henry. And then John Henry's like, well, that's a... That's a false narrative. I got a standing ovation at the end. Yeah. I mean, do fans really feel like they love me? Ownership <laughs> is hearing them after years of this. It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like ownership hears your complaints or or if they hear them, they're not willing to acknowledge them. Uh, and I don't think they're going to change their ways. I saw Dan Roach get an exclusive <laughs> interview today, so I don't know. I'm just saying, oh, really? you know, maybe, well, maybe, I mean, maybe different outlets need to work a little bit harder. I don't know. <laughs> Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. We'll get to your feedback. We'll start to mix in some Celtics thoughts as well. Right after trending here with Christian Arkin. Get Boston Sports Original on the go wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. You're listening to Jones and Mako. Now I let you know on WEEI. Yeah, Wick. So just a, a, a quick question on the uh, current status of the Jalen Brown relationship. Uh, I don't believe you guys were in any way behind leaking information about a potential trade uh, with Durant. What happens in the league is that agents leak names and <laughs> agents of people not not even or, or other teams. Or yeah. I mean, Brad's probably on the phone with every team definitely every week during the season just saying, who do you like? Who's playing well? Who do you like in our roster? You know, just and he files it away in that like his mental database. You know, so Jalen's not going anywhere, and he knew that before the trading deadline because I told him personally. That's Wick Grosbeck from last week on the Greg Hill Show. Told Jalen Brown personally. Interesting. I thought it was interesting at the time that Wick felt the need to. Even promised one of his players he wouldn't get dealt if everything's so good and you're so obviously here and so obviously a key part of the team. Why does the owner have to walk downstairs and let a player know he's staying through the trade deadline and assure that player? Why? And then we heard from Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum at this weekend's All-Star game, and they certainly had some interesting things to say. And we'll get to it on Jones and Mego with Arkan. All your phone calls, 617-779-7937. Let's get to some phone calls here before we get to Jalen and Tatum. From the All-Star game. Uh, Matt's in the car, waiting patiently. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, he just there was a comment made earlier about the um, the Patriots and, and Bill Belichick's inability to pivot mid-year um, to a different offense by firing Matt Patricia. And it, it, I just thought it was a little bit disingenuous. Usually, and I'm not a Belichick apologist, but it's not like the Patriots were 2-10. They were 6-6. Six and six. And to fire a coach mid-year, usually those teams are 2-10, and they usually don't win another game for the rest of the year. So I, I guess I'm I just curious about All right, that Matt, comment. that was me who made the comment to fire the head coach, sure, to fire the offensive coordinator when the reason why you're 6-6 six and six and not have a better record is because your offense is among the worst in the league. I don't think is that egregious. Yeah, but who does that? Who does that when you're Teams six with bad six offenses. Then... Yeah, but what he, I guess what he's saying, and I don't know the answer, but what he's saying is how many teams that do that 
does it end up helping? I, I'd imagine just trying to fix something that's wrong is is the right thing to do. I don't know if there's a lot of evidence of teams firing your offensive coordinator in the middle of the season. You go on to do better things. I, I, there probably isn't. But so what? You just keep doing the wrong thing? You should and just you Maybe should they just got let, a better draft pick. Too, yeah, you know, well, yeah. you just let the problem just continue. You know it's a problem and you just ignore it. Like, why, why do that? That doesn't make any sense. If you know it's an issue, you should fix it. Yeah, and in the context of the record, they were 6-6, six and six, but the back quarter of the season was the toughest stretch of the schedule. So there weren't a lot of penciled-in wins there. Right, like, Even the ones that were penciled-in, they couldn't get for the most part. Most of us knew yeah, the second they hit the real schedule, like were, yeah, it wasn't like they were, were looking apart. at that schedule at that point in the season where you very much know what these teams are, who they are. It's not like going into week three or something. You're looking at it and going... I'm sorry. I don't think that the that this team is going to beat all these teams. Like you kind of knew what you had. Tampa Bay fired their offensive coordinator in season, and they still made the play. I mean, that's not a great example, but they did it. You know, the Titans fired their coordinator this year because their offense wasn't working. Right, that's they, what you do. They didn't make the playoffs. So look, I, I just I don't. I'll, we can do more research on that. But I I bet there's I'll an do example. my own research. Okay? I bet there's examples, and Tampa is middling. But I bet there are examples of teams that that fired their coach and the offense improved and they made the playoffs and I don't know if they won a Super Bowl but they didn't circle the toilet like the Patriots did for the rest of the year and go what two and three down the stretch and miss the playoffs uh let's go to Matt who's in Walpole go ahead Matt hey, what's going on um I just want to know do you guys know how to talk about the Red Sox with anything with a little more depth than how big their payroll is like do you know how many teams in the top five payroll in the last ten years, have won the World Series. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's not it's not many, but okay, fine. Three in the last five years. That's actually I don't know if you realize what you just displayed for us, but that's actually pretty successful, years. Matt. I said ten years, genius. Unless you want to use the same math that you use to calculate the Red Sox I, I said, World Series. I said one and, and nine. It would be two. Fine, three and ten. Would, How, that's more than the Red Sox have won, Matt. And the one they did what, win, the one they did the win was when they had the highest payroll, right? The that, that. that it would actually be two, and if you knew how to talk about baseball, Jones, instead of just calling for a boycott like you did in 2021, which you can't do anymore because now you work for the home. Well, of the Red we, Sox, already, we already, we already, we already actually understand, Matt. We already talked about it earlier today. Fans did start tuning the Red Sox out last year, and maybe that's why ownership is sensitive to it. And number two, the Red Sox, the last World Series they won was when they did have the highest payroll. So I think that proves my point, does it not? No, it doesn't because I. Asked oh, you it doesn't. They had the highest payroll and they won in 2018. That doesn't prove the point. Teams. Three, is three in the last ten a majority? That's that's my question. Is no that a majority. No, it's not. Oh, but it is isn't. three. But well, is three. But is three and ten pretty good? The point is, the point is, I wish you guys would just start talking about like. All right, so Matt, what should we talk about? What, what statistics should we talk about, Matt? Go ahead. Your floor is yours. Go ahead. Well, Enlighten I, us. I, what do you want to hear for, about, Matt? For one, I would love you to actually learn who Tanner Houck is because two two weeks ago you didn't even know who that guy. I was. I forgot Which Tanner Houck's name when Arcan talked to him at Winter Weekend. I know it's insane. So what what's your point, Matt? What the floor is yours? What should we talk about? We should ignore the owner having one on ones with the Athletic and the Boston Sports Journal. We should ignore that. What should we talk about instead? Go ahead. Why don't you talk about how their what their bullpen is comprised of? Maybe some ERAs. Oh. Maybe talk about some actual statistics. Here you go. Let's do this. Let's do this. Ready? Do you Six, want to read some ERAs? 617-779-7937. Thank you for listening. What should the Red Sox do with their bullpen? Do you like their bullpen? How do you feel about their bullpen? And let me give you some stats here on their bullpen while I'm at it, just to, to really illustrate my point, if I could. Because, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to ignore the ERAs in the bullpen last year. The audience uh, demands depth. 
Hang on, hang on, hang on. Garrett Whitlock, 345. <laughs> Just think about that for a wow. minute. Hang on, let that, let that number it, sink it, it makes you think. John Schreiber, 222. Oh, good. That was pretty good. Hey, Hot. Jones, can you give us some stats you, that aren't ERAs? How do you so feel? focused on ERAs. Can you talk about anything else besides ERAs? Well, hang on. I better give you Ryan Brazier's because he was 578. But you want something else? Uh, ooh, Brazier had a K per nine of 9.2, though. So maybe there's something there. I don't know. I mean, the owner emailed a couple outlets. We should ignore that. Why don't you read the box scores? <laughs> read more stats. Okay. I mean, I mean, we, the we Mets, could, the Yankees, the Padres, the Phillies, we the Dodgers. These are all teams that make the playoffs and are always at the very top of every preseason ranking. And Here's oh, I bet. don't know. Don't increase uh, ticket prices after some of the worst seasons you've sat through, but you'll lap it well, up. Well, they increase stupid. ticket prices every year. Here's a bet. And it sounds like he listens a lot. So, good. You can call, call back in next time. Here's a bet. I bet the Mets or the Padres, or the Yankees, or who was the other team that the Henry Dodgers. took off? The Dodgers. I bet one of those teams wins before the Red Sox win again. And that's really what we're talking about. And it's one in the last nine, which is basically one in the last decade. What have you done for me lately? Not a lot, other than the year you spent in 2018, and you're not spending now. So I bet those teams will win before the Red Sox because they're investing in their team. People that's are a bet. very hot under the collar that you're ignoring uh, 2013. <laughs> I'm not ignoring it. I said, I said in the very, the very first thing I said, I said, this will be the 10th year. So they haven't won yet. So fine. One in the last nine. Basically, in the last decade, they've won once. Starting, yeah, but they haven't not won yet. Starting this year, they <laughs> this haven't not year. won yet. I don't think they're going to win. It's about to be one in 10 years starting yeah. this year. You said one instead of two. Therefore, that refutes everything that you've said in four hours today. Since 2013, they've won once. That's good. Like John Henry's like, we won four times in 20 years. That does sound good when you say it that way. How about one in the last nine? I don't know, it doesn't sound so good. Not great. Six one seven, with four last place finishes and five missed playoffs in that window. Guys, we're getting away from the important thing here. <laughs> What's that? And that's Kenley Jansen's ERA. I didn't give you a... Well, no, no, no. People want the Red hey, Sox ERA. Hey. don't tease us. Can you give it to us? Hey, Austin Davis had a 547 ERA. A 547? Yeah. Big fudge? A big yeah. fudge. Not hey, good for big he's, fudge. He's not back. Uh, 617-779-793. By the way, the coordinators I said got fired in season was after the season. I don't know why. So I was looking at the wrong calendar. Just Whatever. Set the record. Whatever, Arkan. Talk 246. More, talk more ERA. Okay. Career ERA for Kenley Jansen. Wow. Ooh, that is good. Well, Just he, last, had to throw it out there. Last that is year, good. he had a, a 338 ERA for oh. Braves. And, you know, oh I just, again, I feel, like, I feel like ownership in their role in all of it has been a problem lately. If they go back to spending on the team at the top of the league like they did in 2018, I wouldn't have so many complaints. But they're not. So I do. Uh, on the Celtics, and we teased the, the or we played the Wick Grossbeck audio, we teased some of the Jalen Brown audio here. Give me, me Jalen on the trade rumors. Hold just, on, before we do this, yes. should we do um, field goal percentage? <laughs> yeah. Should we get do the, that first? Get those ready. If you okay. could get, if I'll you get, could get. Uh, I'll read, start with Hauser. How about that? Read the purrs again. I like, okay. the, I like the P-E-R. The purrs. Read, the, read hey, those. you know what? That was good for that argument, okay? <laughs> that was useful. I was backing up a claim I was yeah. making. So let's hear Jalen Brown because uh, Wick just weighed in on the trade. He personally assured Jalen Brown. I'm assuming Jalen would say, oh, yeah, well, you know, Wick told me this and that. Here's Jalen on the trade rumors. Brad was the first to reach out to me. Um, Brad reached out to me and just let me know that uh, it was just rumors or, you know, he just wanted to try to clear up um, whatever that was going to floating around. I didn't really pay too much attention to it, so I didn't really know what he was talking about. Uh, when he when he had messaged me, but Brad was the first one to reach out to make sure that you know nothing was like going on or whatever, or just to just talk about it, give me the space to talk about it if I had any any feelings towards anything, and I appreciate that from organization. Okay, 
So Jalen says Brad reached out to him. He doesn't say Wick didn't, but Wick said I personally assured him. So Brad and Wick both reached out to him. I just, again, if there's nothing to any of the trade rumors, how come everybody's so bending over backwards to tell Jalen that he's not getting traded and assure him? Because Stephen A. Smith is going on ESPN and talking but it, about it. Isn't that so easy to be like, look, these are just stupid talk shows, That's so don't listen to saying. it. That's what they were saying. Is it? That's what they were telling him. Wick had to come downstairs and personally assure him he wasn't going anywhere. I don't think Wick had to. It sounded like Wick Fine. wanted to. He didn't to. have to. He did. Wick was jumping in. He wanted to be involved. He's like, look, Jalen, I want you to know that I love you, too. I just think on some level, the more you have to deny stuff, the more you kind of look like there's stuff going on. The more you have to be like, hey, uh, Jalen, nothing here. I mean, there's nothing here. Like, if it's all just rumor and it's all just fake, why why spend any time on it? I think it was an acknowledgement that we've put you up in trades before, but we're not doing it Yeah, and things are different now. I also think it's that because he has been in trades before and he might have been in trades this time, which is why when everybody's assuring him that he's not going anywhere, I'm not so sure. And furthermore... What did Jalen Brown say this weekend about taking a back seat to Jason Tatum, the sacrifice that he had to make? Let's hear from Jalen Brown again, because this one, I think, is also quite red flaggy when it comes to Jalen Brown and whether or not he's a flight risk here in Boston. Go ahead. It takes sacrifice. You know, um, on, my, on my behalf, you know, it's definitely a lot of opportunities that, you know, you can be a guy, but the ultimate goal, for I think, for me and Jason has always been to win games. So, you know, when you see team dynamics, there's nothing wrong with doing your job on a team. So throughout my career, you know, I've learned to to be and play the role that has been needed for me to play. And I think that's a part of why the success has been able to happen. Being able to humble yourself and be like, yeah, I know I could be something somewhere else, but there's no problem being a, a great team guy and winning here in Boston. So I just hear a couple of things there. As I said earlier, uh, good thing you haven't spent too much time thinking about it, Jalen. Like, oh, my gosh, wow. How how much time have you thought about all the other opportunities you have and what a team would look like if you were the number one guy? And, my gosh, like, you spent enough time thinking about it and talking about it and wondering about it and dreaming about it. Like, good thing you haven't done too much on that. And, number two, I, I almost feel like he's trying to take credit for the turnaround last year. Like, until I bought into my role, we couldn't take off. And that kind of sounds like what he's saying to me. Yeah, I don't know about the second part. I do feel like he's kind of like overplaying his. It, it, I don't know. I, I before I said that he was being a bit of a martyr, which I stand by. It's he's good, being a bit of a martyr I think it's here. A, it's a good word. Say like he's in a great situation. He's in the best situation for him by far right now, and he's primed to like he's positioned to get paid more money here in Boston than anywhere else. So just from a financial standpoint. This is the best career path for him right now. And he's acting like he's in Tatum's giant shadow. I I think if you look around and you listen to people who are very tied into basketball, very much in the know, it's not like people look and think that there's some great gap between Tatum and Brown. Usually when people talk about Tatum and Brown, they're talking about the duo, right? That's how it's become. Comparing the, the different duos, they're always... In a top five duo discussion. Oh, yeah. They're on the best team in the league, the best record, the best odds to win the championship. They're both super young. And so this, like, humbling myself, I I don't want to criticize him for doing, you know, falling into a, a really good role. But it is a little, it does 
rub a little bit the wrong way. Because it's like humbling yourself from what? You're you're playing a great position right now. Yeah, I, and look, I think there is a gap between the two of them. I mean, There Tatum, is, Tatum but it's not is, like a chasm. No, there's not. I mean, Tatum, Tatum, to me, Tatum to me is an a MVP chasm. candidate. Thank you. Jalen Brown is, you know, maybe an all-NBA player here and there. I, I don't know if he's going to make it every year. I think he'll probably make it this year. So there is a, a, a gap, a chasm. Uh, between those two players, I think, but it's not it's not super pronounced, uh, not as pronounced as I certainly thought it would be earlier in their careers. But Jalen Brown, when he says he's sacrificing, it's not that many shots. Arkan, you made this point earlier. It's not statistically a huge sacrifice. What he's sacrificing he's taking is one fewer shot per game than Tatum right. Is, but that's yeah. that's because it's not what he's talking about. He's right. talking about whose team it is. It's Jason Tatum's team. Tatum's the guy. And when they win, Tatum's going to be the MVP. And Tatum is the MVP candidate, and he's the guy who's pushed ahead of everybody else, and he's the guy who gets the shoe deal, and he's the guy who gets all the endorsements. And Jalen Brown knows, all right, fine, I can get the Supermax here, and I can get paid a lot of money. But do I get everything else that comes along with being the leader of the team and the star of the team? He doesn't. I think when he's talking about sacrifice, that's what he's talking about. And that's why I still consider him a flight risk. It takes sacrifice. I still do. I still think you're not clear of this when he's clearly spending all this time thinking about it and acknowledging he's making a sacrifice. Most people don't want to sacrifice. Most people want want things to go their way when they have an opportunity for them to go their way. So why would he choose to sacrifice? I don't think he'll be a flight risk through the next contract. He's going to get a huge contract here. I think he plays through it. After that, it becomes a situation that's just kind of the way that the league is now, which is, when you have an incredible duo like that, aside from Golden State, who play who pays the most in the league by far, you don't really keep a duo like that together long term. Like I'm sorry, I, I hope they play together long term through their career. That would be amazing. But if he it's could, Jordan and Pippen, I just don't think that that's the league today. He could get his contract and then push his way out. A lot he of could. guys, a lot of guys are doing that. But so it he, would have to become a very sour situation here, which could happen. Who knows what will happen in three years? You know, who knows where there'll be? He's sacrificing, and the owner's running downstairs to assure him he's not getting dealt anywhere. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. How about Mike in Connecticut? Ooh, ooh, ooh wait. Or how, we, about, we, how about we, not? We go, back, go back to Mike come in on, Connecticut. Come on, I didn't. Bad. It sounds like uh Ooh, listen to this. What song is this? It sounds it's, like Teach Me How to Dougie a little bit. No, I was gonna say it sounds like uh, boom, Why'd you hang boom, up on him? Oh what what was that? It was like that uh I'm blue dabba. No, 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 no. I'm trying to think of what the heck it was called. Doesn't matter. But it, it I thought I knew exactly what he was jamming out to. I thought I knew exactly where he was going. I think that was just hold music. Yeah, it's just our it's just our hold music? I don't know. No, it's his hold music. His hold music. He put us can on I, the I'm going to talk about the Red Sox, but i got to take this very important call first. Can I do that on my phone? I can change the, the hold music. Do you put people on hold regularly? No, but I just uh, maybe maybe I'll start doing that if it sounds like that. Yeah, if we got the Eiffel 65 hold music, then why not? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Eddie in the car. Go ahead, Eddie. Hey, guys, how are you? Hey, as I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk, I love Brown. I, I love the heart. I think the guy's got incredible heart. I really does in his passion. But it just reminds me a little bit of Kyrie, the way he was complaining about, not so much complaining about LeBron, but he wanted to get away from LeBron and do his own thing. And it just reminds me an awful lot like that. And I'm not so sure that Brown's at the so, same talent level. So as Kyrie in Cleveland, he's saying. Yes. When, so when Kyrie came to Boston, that was a big narrative. Kyrie's such an alpha. He needs his own team. He was in LeBron's shadow. That, that was a real narrative that was going no, around. It's, it's a good point because... I mean, look, it, it's 
it turns out you can't win a championship with Kyrie as your lead guy, or at least it certainly hasn't happened to this point, and teams have given up on him being a lead guy. He's now second fiddle everywhere he goes. Kyrie should be a cautionary tale to No, Jaylen right, Brown. and so so Jaylen, that would be a case of, hey, Jalen, careful what you wish for. The thing is, Kyrie already pocketed that championship, and he did it early. So that's where the analogy isn't perfect, but otherwise, yeah, I can see some of the concerns and there. I'm not, like, I'm not saying that Tatum is, uh, in agreeing with that a little bit, I'm not saying Tatum's like, you know, LeBron. Yep. I don't I don't think that the gap between them is that big. It's just, uh, it sounds like we're dancing around. He's losing a little fame by being in the shadow of Tatum. Yeah. He's losing a little fame. But it's and, the shoe deals. And money, it's though, the yes. other endorsement. Well, he's going to get paid this he's summer. Gonna, in his contract, but in endorsements and shoe deals and stuff, not so much. No. I mean, he's definitely in Tatum's shadow well, with that. do you know whose fault that is? Seven Oose. <laughs> Seven Oose needs to pick it up. Get uh, some more sponsorships. Maybe, maybe find some more reputable marketing too, and don't you know throw all your eggs in the Kanye West this basket is true. too. That this has seven to set this better. Might make it hard to be marketable. It's a fair mm. point. It is a fair point. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. No, you can start lining up for Rich Keefe. He comes your way at the top of the hour. On the way next, we have Endgame. This is Jones and Mego on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Y'all want to play a f***ing game? Game over, man. Game over. You little punk. All right, it's time for Endgame, which is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Don't waste time trying to get rid of your older, broken car. Cars for Kids is the easiest and the fastest way to donate your car and get a tax deduction. Go to carsforkids.org today. That's cars with a K. All right, let's go to our first question from Endgame, and it's about the All-Star game. In particular, the two Celtics who were in the All-Star game and who everyone said stole the show. So here's your first question. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined to score this many points in the All-Star game. Closest without going over. Ooh. Well, I know what one of them had. Well, I have to. Closest without going over is, again, the tricky part. Not that tricky. Just don't go over pretty easy just don't go over yeah but then you're also going to add them right now i'm worried about that the math i know yeah it's, it's i know what i was doing with this one um uh, i still see writing going on one dollar is my okay. answer <laughs> and one penny <laughs> all right it looks like they're done writing jalen brown and jason tatum stole the show at all-star weekend they combined to score this many points in the all-star game megan let's hear from you first cool. i said 82 82 is wrong, but is not over, so you okay. may still win this. Jones, what are you at? I wanted to say 90, but I wussed out and said 87. 90 is correct. 90 is, 90 oh, is correct. So Jones gets it because he's closest. He's right? closest without Price going over. Right. That's right. Yes. Uh, 55 Damn. points for Jason Tatum, 35 that. points could, for Jalen Brown. I couldn't remember if, t- if Brown had 35 or 32. Which, if you add that together, equals a cool 90 points. All right, that's uh, one for Jones. Let's go to question number two. <sighs> I hate this. Involving the franchise tag in the NFL. You should get this, uh, Megan. We all do franchise tag stuff today. Um, again, without going over. Tell me the franchise tag value for a kicker or a punter uh, in the on. NFL. Aww. What is the franchise tag value if you're going to franchise your kicker like the Patriots I, did with Vinatieri back in the day? If they were going to do that today, what would it cost them? What would the franchise tag the correct cost answer is them? not enough for a kicker and a punter. That is probably true. It's the same for both? Yes. Interesting. I thought that was also interesting. But it is. And it's da, amazingly da, da, not da, that da, much da. money. This is for one year. Uh, yes, and we can't go over. Tag. Can't go over. Um, I was a bit of a wuss on the last ones. I was a little bolder on this one. 
might come back to bite me. All right. Looks like we're uh, done writing. Megan's done writing. Okay. Without going over, this is the franchise tag value for a I kicker. I think I went too low. Or a punter. Jones, let's hear from you first. I said $3 million? $3 million is wrong, but uh, not, go, not gone over. Okay. Damn it. And Megan, what do you have? I went too low. I said 2.2. 2.2 million is also wrong and uh, also very low. The correct answer was $5.4 million. Damn! Franchise your kicker, your punter. I don't know. I guess. Uh, well, I what's guess. His name? I, well, this actually probably on the market. This probably makes more Justin sense Tucker. when you think about it because if it's kicker and punter, and what is what is franchise? The top five averages, right? Is it still the top five? Has that changed? It used to be the top five. They're probably all kickers. So the the punt. It's not like the punters are dragging the number down at all. But yikes, five million for a kicker these days. Top of the market. Jeez. All right. And Thanks, finally, yeah, seriously, really, Inf- inflation. Am I right? My gosh, <laughs> seriously. Justin kick- Tucker's making six million dollars. Kickflation, six million for Tucker. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Nice that'll uh, that'll yeah. skew it right there. Not enough. I, I was. I'm going to shoehorn that back in later. See if anybody <laughs> hears it. Very good. All right. Here's question number three. Even though I think Jones already won this one. Uh, Titanic. Uh, Megan saw Titanic in 3D over the weekend. Titanic, the first movie in history to have two cast members that were nominated for Oscars. The Oscars were Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress, and both characters were doing this. What? Titanic is the first movie in history to have two cast members that were nominated for Oscars that were doing this. What do you mean doing this? If you ask me wild things, I'd get the answer to that. (laughs) They were doing. They were doing what? What does that mean? The actress, the boat? actresses were doing this. It's the first time, first movie in history to have two cast members um, nominated for Oscars who were doing this. Okay, I think I know what it is. Doing what? That's the freaking question, Jones. That's such a poor. That's such a poor question. No, it isn't. It's a poor carpenter who blames it's his really tools. Really, not at all. Can I hear it one more time? The two actresses did what? Titanic is the first movie in history to have two cast members. St. Louis going 24 miles an hour. (laughs) Two cast members that were nominated for Oscars that were doing this. Nominated. Uh... Can this one count triple? Sure. Yes. Triples are best. Triples Triples are best. Triples are best okay i have an answer it can't possibly be right but all I have right an answer. well since this one counts for triple and megan can win if she gets it right let's go here from megan first titanic is the first movie in history to have two cast members that were nominated for oscars that were doing this um foreign actors doing american accents that is incorrect Damn it! Oh, good, that is good, incorrect. that was a good guess though uh jones did you have a guess i had i said uh having car having car sex is what i said <laughs> having car sex is also okay. incorrect come on the older woman does not do that so who? So who? Only was, Kate Winslet does. So that. Kate Winslet was nominated. I thought this was going to be the question. Is I had to get the other nominee. That's no, no, what no. I thought he was going. It's the first time two cast members were nominated for Oscars who's the that other were nominee? playing the same character. Kathy. Oh, that's the first time super, a super old lady was nominated yes, for an Oscar. She was. For I best knew that, actress, but I thought yes. maybe I like assume, Kate Winslet, she was doing an American. I accent. assume Kathy Bates might have been nominated. The old uh, I think Bates was nominated, but that is not. This is the specific thing. Two people were nominated who played the same character. She was in the movie. Old Kate Winslet was so annoying in that movie. Yeah. What? So annoying. She's so wow. nice. She's so sweet. She's a granny. <laughs> she killed Leo. It's been eighty-four <laughs> years since I drowned that poor boy. Yeah. 
you know kicked him off you know my door. messed up about that movie? Everything. Well, so many things. I mean, yes, a lot what? of things are messed up. Yeah. Okay, at the beginning of the Titanic, when you see all the rich people walking on, mm-hmm. they make a big point of a couple of the rich people are bringing on big dogs. Yep. What happened to the dogs? I didn't see any dogs on life. We we know what happened to the dogs. We never saw, I never saw any dogs go into the water. I don't think anyone says women, children, and dogs first (laughs) on lifeboats. I just, I don't know. I don't think so. I think that would probably not work You shouldn't bring a dog onto the Titanic. Great Dane needs a seat. Get out of here. They didn't think it was going to sink. They were like, yeah, you can't sink the thing. So they brought the dog. They brought the family dog. You wouldn't bring your dog on a boat? I think it's really important. Would you bring your dog on a boat? Um, depends how big the boat Would you save your dog if it was drowning? with them. That's why they brought them. Those aren't hunting dogs. They were rich people They're dogs. Hunting dogs. What are they hunting on the boat? Ducks. No, no when they get no, to but I'm when they get to the other this side. This is a big or thing. People... Like you can't have dogs die in movies unless it's a dog movie where, of course, at the end the dog dies. Yeah, all dogs go to hell. It's like a plot point. Like you can't have dogs die Homer, in movies because we're down. It brings down the, don't play that music. Marley it brings down the, like, Q score from the audience. Sorry, we're going to make Keith late for his show so what we can talk about dogs happened? dying in movies. <laughs> what happened to the dogs on the Titanic? I, again, you, you don't, what do you mean? You don't know what happened to them? No. They drowned, Megan. They all drowned. We never saw them again. The sharks got them. Dead. They're shark food. They swam home. It was a separate movie. They were going to make a, they were going to make a sequel. They all they went all, to a farm upstate. They all swam home. <laughs> They all swam home. They all swam Kevin home. Kevin Hart okay. and Vin yep. Diesel are recording uh, voiceover lines for a cute little Pixar yeah. They've been dog they've movie. been they've been working on it for a while. Did they find an island together? Yeah, yeah, that's the movie. Yep. Aww. Will Ferrell's in a dog island. It's cute. Kate Winslet. Right, is so, that ha- ironically so having car sex was wrong, but that's another win for me. I nice. almost wrote showing boobs, <laughs> but I knew the old lady didn't do that. <laughs> but we all wanted her. I know too. what a bummer. We all wanted her too. <laughs> Uh, all right. Anyway, get, the movie, really. get in line. Rich Keefe, we're, we're, uh, we've now gone overtime. Uh, Rich Keefe comes your way here at the top of the hour. Give him a call. 617-779-7937. We're back tomorrow at 2 on W. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.